I'm a capital G gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what G sounds like in game. G- <laughs> yeah, you're right. Capital the G-, G gamer. The G stands for gamer. <laughs> Hey, hey! I'm I'm feeling I'm really feeling the summer vibe now, David. Ooh, why why is that? It looks very bright where you are. It is very bright out. It's quite warm. We just got through the like kind of summer games fest stuff. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and like, man, I like I nothing quite starts summer for me. Like previews of video games for whatever reason. There's some there's some heaters coming our way. There there sure are, and just like I the I remember so fondly the coverage of hey here's video games when you come home from school like right before <laughs> it's about to get out for summer like here's some yeah. fresh new fresh new hot ones. Oh, it's so good. The G four yeah coverage. I think we've talked about it before. It was so good. Yeah, it was really really fun. Here, hold on before we go all the way down the nostalgia hole. Um, hey, it's video game podtimism. It's the Optimist video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. My my name is Chase. My name is David. Um, yeah, I'm feeling it. It feels warm. It feels summery. I'm out here playing video games. There's so many video games, David. There's so many. There there really are. And I feel like we're just getting so many good recommendations for old games too. I'm like, there's even more good games for me to play in this yeah. world. I feel like the last the last couple of weeks we've got kind of a string of recommendations from people that are like there there's one of two kinds of recommendations. Either you get one person who I've who we've never heard from before who's like, here's this one thing that I would like to hear about. Or you get somebody who suggests 20 video games. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And so uh, I feel like we've had a string of the like one person being like, hey, you should play this game. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about those. There's a couple in there that I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Right. There's some there's some obscure ones or th- or ones that I don't know if, even if you call them obscure, but just ones I have not heard of. Yeah. Just like the for, like the one today. <laughs> like the one today. Never heard of it. Yeah. But spoiler alert, we both enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it is true. The game's pretty good. We'll get there. Uh, mm-hmm. David, have you been playing video games? Just video game. It's still all Zelda. Yeah. All Zelda all the time. Tell me about where your head's at with that one. I guess we'll talk about I'll talk about some spoilery stuff for Zelda. Yeah. right now first in some ways so just letting people know spoiler um, warning what for, what part of the game are you going to spoil here uh the master sword okay yeah and, and the stuff regarding how you get it yes okay great so if you don't want any of that i'll i'll put chapter markers in you can skip ahead yeah getting the master sword was so damn cool it was so that amazing. was so cool yeah <laughs> once i started talking about draconification in one of those oh, pa- yeah. those uh, uh past like uh, cutscenes. The I was memories. Like, okay, yeah, the this is this tears. is what's happening. This is what's happening. Zelda mm-hmm. is a very sad dragon going around Hyrule because she's had to be a dragon for like thousands of fucking years. Yeah. While she slowly restores the Master Sword in her forehead. It, that was a real like I, I I had mentioned it when we talked about it a little bit. I was trying to be very dodgy about it, but mm-hmm. like that was such a fucking gut punch for me because I didn't I hadn't finished the Dragon Tears mm-hmm. quest line before I got the Master Sword. Oh really? And yeah. And so, like, I had seen that that was an option available to her. Sure. But then, like, found her wandering around out there in the sky. And I was like, oh, no, does this mean what I think this means? Like, because I hadn't seen how things played out. I just, like, got to her and was like, oh, God, like, what happened here? Sure. Oh, you just you just ran into her. No, I did the Deku tree thing. And he was like, here's where the Master Sword is, but it's moving. Hmm. And just like, huh, that's curious. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I was like, that's bizarre. And then got up there and I was like, huh, that sure does look like Zelda's hair. It sure does. And like all the colors kind of look similar. Uh huh. And then, yeah, it was, it was pretty much like confirmed once you do the, the thing where you have to like hold on to the sword and then they, they play that cutscene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what a fucking gut punch. Like, I, I don't know if this was true for you or not, but like having to reconcile with the fact that like this person who I thought was going to be near me and around mm-hmm. in the game and like is kind of your partner in a lot of ways yeah. in these games is just like gone and mm-hmm. has lost herself kind of because that's yeah. what they say right like if you do it you lose who you are yep. to being the dragon uh-huh uh-huh it wasn't i don't think it was as much of a gut punch for me because i got all of the dragon tears first so i was like yeah. okay this is what's happening sure uh, yeah. it wasn't as surprising when i found it i was like okay this is sad but also i was just thinking damn i feel like zelda is much more of the hero in both of these games than, <laughs> than Link yes. is. And that was just confirmation of it. Like she's spent so much of her life either battling Ganon solo mm-hmm. or restoring the Master Sword for thousands and thousands of years potentially so that yeah. Link could have just like a chance to a win. A shot. A yeah. shot. Like just like her, her selflessness is astounding. And also just like her power to back it up is pretty fucking incredible too. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like she does more heroic stuff canonically <laughs> than, than Link does truly. There's a lot more self-sacrifice in her story compared to Link who's like head empty swing sword, you know? He's just, he's just the muscle. He's just yeah. the muscle. So, so yeah, I just thought that was, it, it hit me, hit me emotionally in a different way. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is what happened. It was, wow, what a, what a badass. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, like she did this for a chance and now it worked. Actually, I got I got I got the sword back for sure. Now we're gonna yeah. make this happen. Filled me with resolve. I, I think partially too, like my like family history with like dementia and Alzheimer's too. like the the story of someone slowly losing who they are over sure. time just hits you know sure like, it, it hits harder than i think it might for pretty much you know anybody who hasn't experienced that absolutely absolutely so, no i get I, that it's a good so, story it's a good story and just that that still shot of link holding up the master sword while yes. riding on the head of a dragon in the sky was so good they, they do such a good job so composing good. those shots like i feel yeah. like in this game more than the other one there's like still images that really stick out to me like that mm-hmm. no i think it's i think that's the benefit of you know reusing a lot of the physical and game like physics assets from the last game is that you can spend so much more time doing these more nuanced things in the game mm-hmm. that are that are really special when they happen right yeah so yeah really really good just excellent excellent all around so yeah where am i now i'm i I, i've done the zora temple so i got i got i got gooed i got through the goo yeah hell yeah and now i'm making my way to the uh goron Mm -hmm. temple cool that's the next one i have going for me yeah um because once i got the sword i'm just like all right zelda I got your back. Yeah, I'm Let's on do my this. way. Get, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on my way. Side quests, get out of my <laughs> way. I need to go. I need to go beat Dorf. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, I take back everything I said about Dorf being uh, hot last week because my man is terrifying in one of those cutscenes where he, yeah. like, I forget what he did, but he just had the most terrifying grin and smile mm-hmm. on his face. Horrifying. <laughs> oh my god it was so so scary and disturbing yeah it just kept morphing into something more or, or less and less human uh it was it was it was terrifying it was terrifying. yeah i loved that scene it was so scary it was so good yeah. it was so good and how scary it was mm-hmm. and there was just no there was no music or or sound effects behind it it was just just him warping his face into some madness yeah 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 it was so good 
and yeah, I mean, it's, I'm still just going along through the game. Mm-hmm. Still loving, still loving the odd well and cave to find and, and sure. plunder. The depths are still great. Absolutely. I still am. I'm so bad at making these vehicles. I feel like <laughs> making vehicles and like building in Fortnite are two very closely related skills, and I have neither mm. i mean i i really relied on youtube for any of the like real advanced <laughs> building shit although i did see someone today who on the the, the subreddit hyrule engineering mm-hmm. who made a flying contraption that was just a single fan and control stick with 16 tumbleweeds <laughs> coming out in like what, it, what would it be a uh, four long spikes going mm-hmm. out from either end and it it flew amazingly well yeah <laughs> It used like no battery because it was so light, yeah, had great yeah. balance, um, and could do like it could go on the ground, it could go on water, it could go so high in the air. It's just, it's really damn impressive what people make in this game. It's really fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's great. I uh, like, I'm just so excited to see where people go in the next like years. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, we're only what, like a month out, and people are like literally making Metal Gear Rex in the video game. Like, that was wild. I couldn't <laughs> believe so it. So amazing. Yeah. Uh, this game's great. Yeah, it is don't know how much else i have to say that is at all unique or interesting but besides that it's just a damn good game yeah Um, and i do hope that this makes some developers uh not afraid to reuse things if they do it like like this which is maybe asking a lot it might be yeah (laughs) but it's just really impressive how they're able to reuse so much but still make it feel so new and fresh and interesting uh and like its own its own unique game and experience it's great yeah yeah i'm with you anyways anyways chase what have you been playing this week uh, i got three games for you david let's hear it a bit of a weird grab bag this week but uh like i said i feel like i'm just like drifting right now and i'm still mm-hmm. I, I will say i'm still mostly playing the games that i talked about last week diablo 4 specifically but three three ones that i haven't spoken on quite yet the first of which is pokemon let's go pikachu oh i saw you playing that what's going on there <laughs> yeah so i have had this pipe dream Mm-hmm. to catch them all okay this is i wish that there was like a simple way to do this or a quasi simple way to do this uh, so far as i can tell that this is a very complicated process that honestly i may have locked myself out of by not downloading pokemon bank on the 3ds oh by by now because like 3ds shop, shop is, is gone it's gone so you can't download even free stuff like pokemon <laughs> bank so like I think if you don't have that, you can't get Pokemon off of the 3DS, Damn. which like there's a lot of Pokemon entries on the DS and 3DS. So like conceptually that that's going to make it a little tough Uh-oh. to like, get them all. Um, so I don't know, but I'm, I'm trying to see if there's a way to work around that. There's also certain Pokemon that like you just can't get mm-hmm. ones that are like you had to be at an event or something like yeah. that. Like so we like, were there and we all got Arceus or something like that. Correct. Yeah. There's like a few of them like that. And so I'm, I'm, for that, I'm mostly not counting it. Either I don't count it or I also know that there's just way to like ways to duplicate a Pokemon on the internet and just like download that. Mm-hmm. So like I could do that, but I'm trying to mostly do this as uh, straight and narrow as I possibly can. Um, I watched like a couple of YouTube videos of people like trying to speed run getting a living Dex, uh, which is what it means to have all Pokemon, like even the unevolved and evolved forms in the same spot. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but we'll see. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, (laughs) Mostly it was just kind of like something for me to poke at Uh when I'm bored, you know, like a challenge. Kind of, yeah. A a long term, like very much a marathon 
this isn't something that I really want to do like with any sort of like very intense sprinting focus. Mm-hmm. I'm more just like, uh, I've got five minutes. I'll go catch some pokes. Sure. And one of the uh, speed runs that I watched was this streamer who like was trying to do it in X amount of time. And uh, he said he would put like two minutes on the clock every time somebody subscribed to his channel and like mm. got up to like 100 hours or something like that. So, wow. you know, was was running through it. But point being, I, he started with uh, Let's Go. And I was like, okay, I guess that's where I start. So I said, fuck it. We ball and uh, started playing this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> we balling now. We, we balling. I had played this when it came out. I th- this was one of the very few Switch games that I bought physically. Um, I think I was mm. like in SAC at the time for like kind of an extended amount of time. I, I was like working at my previous job and like had to be there for a couple of weeks before I was like on to the next one. And so I was in SAC for like a week or two while we were still living in Seattle. And so bought this and played. I think most of it at the time, mm-hmm. but then for whatever reason, like the, the cloud save didn't work for that when I booted it up. And so I'm like, eh, you know what? Like the game isn't that long and it's been a long time since I played it. So like, I'll just play through it again. Yeah. Uh, just like first impressions, like after having a video game podcast and like looking at these things in a way that's like not critical, but in a way where I can digest them. The first thing that strikes me is just how weird this game is to play outside <laughs> of the context of Pokemon Go being really popular. Uh huh. This came out in, I think it was 2018 and Pokemon Go, like the height of it, I feel was like 2016. Sounds about right. I know a lot of people still played it afterwards, but like it was a cultural touch point in 2016. I feel like everybody was mm-hmm. playing it at the time especially mm-hmm. that summer. And so there's there was really only a two-year difference between that coming out and this one coming out. Um, and for anybody who hasn't played it, there's like a lot of connective tissue between those two games and especially how you mm-hmm. catch Pokemon. Whereas between 2018 and now is five years, right? It's a lot longer of a time to you know have something be important and then not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, point being, it's, it, it's just kind of weird to go back to this, but I will say like the, I think I'm okay with the way that this game handles like catching Pokemon and fighting Pokemon. Sure. Like again, for anybody who hasn't played it, most of the mainline games, you fight Pokemon in the wild and then try to catch them. And then you fight trainers as well with your Pokemon. But in this one, they have opted to, uh, whenever you encounter a Pokemon in the wild, you just go into essentially like a, a, Poke- a Pokemon let's go mm-hmm. or Pokemon, Pokemon go. go version of catching them where it's just you and a pokeball and you're just throwing pokeballs at this thing yeah and you can like give it berries to throw make berries it chill at it yeah. yeah you're just you're just throwing things at a pokemon <laughs> yeah just hurling <laughs> hurling missiles at, at pokemons so yeah it's when when i when this game was previewed i was kind of worried about that because i thought it would kind of detract from the game as a whole but it, it really doesn't like when i'm running around and kind of just like trying to catch a bunch of pokemon uh, something i'm usually thinking in the other games is like i wish this would go just like 30 percent faster than it does right now and pokemon let's go kind of does that where if you're just encountering a random pokemon just throw pokeballs at it it's not that hard and your team gets experience for doing that if you catch it so like there's still an intrinsic reward for doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it makes grinding a little bit more like feasible. Plus it does the Pokemon Go thing where you can send all your extra Pokemon to Professor Oak. And then he, I don't know, does grinds the Pidgeys up into Pidgey cubes or whatever. <laughs> I was never really clear what he was doing with my thousands of Pidgeys I was sending him. Soylent Gray is Pidgeys. <laughs> yeah, it's <exactly>. Pidgeys. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it has a good loop there. And I, like, I'm, I'm mostly just surprised that like they didn't do anything else with this. Like maybe mm. there's another Pokemon Let's Go in the works, but like yeah. it has been five years. That is kind of a long time. It was popular when it came out. 
Yeah, I think it's sold really, really well. And so I'm surprised that like they haven't returned to this well at all. God, I can't believe it's been five years. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty shocking. Wow. And not to mention, like they have put out a lot of other Pokemon games in, in the interim. We've talked about this before with like the Pokemon series and stuff. And like something that I always want from Pokemon is more experimentation. Hmm. And I think Arceus kind of got in that direction. The, clo- the closest I have felt like, wow, this is kind of something different is in Arceus. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm undecided about how to say Arceus or Arceus because I said both <laughs> just now. So point being, it's it's just like, I think that the, you see some of that creati- creativity in Arceus and I think to a lesser extent, Violet and uh, Scarlet. And I think it is, it is in Let's Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, of, of course it is a remake of Red and Blue. So like, or I think more appropriately, it's a remake of Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. So like, of course there's going to be stuff that you can't like really mess with there, but still it, I think they are kind of taking some swings here and I, I do hope that they like return to this formula. I think it's a really good way to let people experience the those older games that maybe they're not intending to completely update, right? Mm. It, it's not getting the treatment of like brilliant diamond or whatever, where sure. it's like the new game plus some of the like updates that they have over the years but they do want people to like experience the game in like mostly a condensed form i feel like i'm playing this game a lot faster than i did uh the first time i did it that's Uh partially because like i have more than two brain cells poking around in my head than when i was playing it the first time when i was a kid Mm -hmm. because i was just training my charizard and didn't care about match matchups types (laughs) anything it doesn't matter everything you're strong enough the matchup doesn't matter (laughs) exactly i'm just gonna flamethrow your blastoids until i win God, dude, I'm going to turn that water into steam and blow them up. <laughs> I did not know how to play these games as a kid. <laughs> I just remember getting lost in the safari zone. Oh my God. Yeah. Constantly. What a, what a nightmare of a it's place to be. Issue. I, I, I must just not have been reading what was going on in the game, which, you know, kind of makes sense canonically for my game history arc of mm-hmm. not reading what's in the video game and just sort of saying yeah ashley seems chill that's fine shit. no ashley williams said ashley it. williams yeah <laughs> it fucks me up i i can never remember her always name. yeah the the other day i was trying to think of ashley johnson's name and could only conjure ashley williams so whoa it's just all in the same spot this is a bernstein brain, bears bernstein bears sort of situation <laughs> exactly, for us exactly yeah which one has ever really existed <laughs> So yeah, like I, I think I'm, I'm probably like halfway through this game at this point, having a really good time. I love that they let you get all the starters pretty easily. Mm-hmm. There's something in my broken, let's got to catch them all brain that really likes that, likes yeah. not having to start the game over three times to get all the pokes. Mm-hmm. We'll see if this amounts to me catching them all at all, but uh-huh. I'll at least put some in Pokemon home, see how it goes. If I still can, I don't know. I feel like I'm so uneducated about how, how to do all this. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. Do you think it'd be interesting to have the let's go line just mm-hmm. being uh, like a different version of the next iteration of the games, just like a more casual version of it, and then just make the, the, the mainline games more challenging? Could it that could be an interesting be. way to go? Sort of. I mean, like, I've, I feel like for the past couple, and I think I've said this on the show, that like, I really wish Pokemon would just put out like, the 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 like base version of pokemon like a live service pokemon no that's like kind of a cursed thing to wish upon the live world, service you want pokemon <laughs> micro micro transactions chase <laughs> i want a horse pokemon i want horse armor for my pikachu <laughs> um no i it just crushes pikachu <laughs> <laughs> what i'm more thinking of is that like there is a game that exists 
that is maybe like mostly just for like battling other people mm. or you know showing off your pokemon or something basic that's not like i'm gonna go save the world in pokemon right now mm. but it has all of them it's essentially like a gamified version of a national decks where you can in one spot fight and and play with all of these pokemon like, like st- pokemon stadium, stadium. Yeah. or coliseum yeah exactly like but online and you can fight anyone yeah and like sort of as maybe an extension of pokemon home is that the, is that the one mm. so that like you can transfer them all in there and they sort of exist online now so it'd still be th- creatures you have caught correct yeah you okay. would need to like transfer them into this thing or like you know maybe they offer x amount of pokemon on there or something mm. but just as a way to like separate the people who like really don't like that there isn't a national dex anymore that you can't like just catch all the pokemon and also allow them to just be like i don't know we've got 30 pokemon in the next one Mm. so it's not like that big of a deal for them to like make kind of bigger swings like that because i feel like they're Mm. trying to satisfy too many audiences with the mainline pokemon games yeah and so it could be let's go right like it could be an approach like let's go to these games where you know this is wishful thinking but say they just start recreating the different areas in the let's go fashion Mm -hmm. and just say like hey we just added johto or you know whatever xyz area that's an undertaking that i don't think game freak will do and like frankly does sound like kind of a lot of work mm-hmm. but I, I i i do wish that there was a way that we could kind of consolidate the way that we interact with this thing so that it, it would allow the mainline games to be a little riskier and to play around with it like what what does a pokemon game look like where you have five and that's it right like mm. h- how do you do that it, it's not sort of the same formula that we've been looking at since 1996 or whatever yeah you could do different things yeah it would, i think it, i think it would unlock that hmm. plus like you could just add different stuff over time to the base game right mm. it's it's wishful thinking and something i am definitely not expecting game freak to do not because i think like devs lazy or anything just like that i I just don't think that that's what's something they're interested in doing it's it sort of seems like they're mostly just going to be like yeah we'll keep doing the kind of bit by bit pokemon like this and that's going to be it for a while Mm -hmm. so point being i like let's go i think it's pretty fun yeah I'm, I'm gonna keep playing it awesome yeah the next game that i am playing david is a game called we love katamari Ooh, is this also <laughs> on the switch the, yeah this is on the switch this is the it's we love katamari re-roll plus royal reverie oh, which is uh, royal reverie <laughs> wow it's like deal i i think it was dlc for the first one but it's just like more stuff to do more rolling more rolling we need a katamari damasi and uh snoop dog crossover oh wow yeah Love that. I was going to say for Limp Biscuit because he loves rolling, you know? <laughs> Katamari Damasi just constantly rolling over Fred Durst and it's just <laughs> rolling, 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 yeah. rolling. That's good. I like that. It's a good concept. That's something. That's a thing. <laughs> that's, that's something. So uh, real quick, I, I realize that there, I bet there are some, there's somebody in our audience who doesn't know what Katamari Damasi is. Okay. Because I feel like people who are around our age will know exactly what this game is, but I, I like there are some younger listeners who I don't know that it's quite there the are. same impact that it was in 2005. So Katamari Damacy and this game, We Love Katamari, is a follow-up to the first one. But Katamari Damacy, the base game, is a game where you play as like a little guy and uh, you have uh, weird the Katama- little guy. a weird little guy. All good games have weird little guys. Hmm. And uh, you have a Katamari ball, which is 
just a big sticky ball that you roll around and is it sticky or is it like gravitational force yeah i'm actually not sure the mechanics of the catamaran it becomes but a it, star it, it so does, it, does it was gravity it could be yeah point being when when you uh roll over things they stick to this ball they, they sure stay do. on they stay on the ball uh the the way that the game usually plays out and like this doesn't all happen at once but typically you will start a level when you are very very small and by rolling yourself up rolling over other things and collecting them you become larger over the course of a level well, be clear the ball becomes larger the prince stays the same size yes he's quite small still the, he's a, he's a strong strong little guy exactly and you're like you're rolling over like a lot of stuff it's not like you're having to be choosy about this it's yeah. just like you know a hundred toothpicks in front of you and then like a, a match Mm-hmm. And then some chapstick or something like that, you yeah. know. And then depending on how it sticks on the ball, it makes the ball physics change. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you get a big long one, it kind of like you have to kind of roll over and it sticks into the ground, and then you mm-hmm. know it takes you a second to go over it. And like most the most of the game is that you just have a certain time limit. You're trying to become a certain size, and then once you're done with that, you go talk to the king of cosmos, your dad, who's like a very eclectic and like can I just say hot character we've been i think we've been sleeping on the king of cosmos for way too long i mean he's thick he's he looks great man like his sense of style is really good he's always got like the half buttoned look that's true he does have like i don't know what is it but uh like the middle-aged guy who used to be like a rocker sort of vibe a little bit yeah but but i believe it like he's still got enough like charm to him you know he's got some charisma he's got the yeah. riz is he's, he's trying to say he's rizzed up david <laughs> is that is that how you say it <laughs> Anyway, so you show it to your dad and he's like, all right, great. We're going to turn this thing you rolled up into a star and then throws it into the the, the sky. I think I, I just described the mechanics of the game. I think it is hard to describe this game without describing the like tone and the visuals of it, which are just sort of like fever dreamish. Huh. Yeah, absolutely. The the mu- the combination of like the music, the visuals, it's just can we sidebar on the on the music? Like a the, the theme song for Katamari Damacy is incredible, but like the actual soundtrack of the game is also like astoundingly good. Mm-hmm. it's such good and like bizarre music it just yeah. matches the tone perfectly yeah absolutely yeah so like i i think if you've never seen this game it's worth looking at it you'll probably recognize it to be honest but like just the the visual part of it is is astounding katamari damasi the the very first one came out in 2004 so like it's been a minute and i, I don't know if you're like if this was the case for you as well but like i felt just so shocked at that video game at the time that like this is what video games can be like this is yeah. amazing it was it was thinking so far outside the box yes that it's just it was so it was so unique and fresh for the time just completely mm-hmm. nothing nothing like it or nothing still like it to this day truly yeah but 2004 is a pretty good year for video games so like i would <laughs> think so yeah it's it's not like this is a these are bad games but like world of warcraft came out that year mm-hmm. half-life 2 halo 2 yeah grand theft auto san andreas which like i think are all kind of like compared to katamari jabasi those are all kind of similar games right a lot of combat and like shooter shooting and yeah. action and violence are like a part of those and katamari jabasi is like what if you could roll a ball and get bigger and that's the concept of the fucking video game it is like mm-hmm. it was such a breath of fresh air from like another universe like a yeah. window opened up into the Andromeda galaxy and I breathed an alien breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And expanded your mind in an instant. It, like, seriously, I, the, I I remember just thinking that it was so original and so creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and plus, like, you know, this 2004, like, random 
humor is a big deal at the time and like sure was sure this game sure was random xd xd rar <laughs> kind of humor i think absolutely. it has the, the humor that i think ages pretty well like it didn't it's not so attached to that era i think mm-hmm. it was just like it, it was kind of two things lined up at the same time that it was funny in a way that i think was palatable to 2004 but it's also still funny now yeah it's it's, it's wild and i i like genuinely don't always have the words to describe what its humor is doing yeah it's just so out there again it feels like it was conceptualized by someone who like has never stepped foot on earth yeah which is amazing it's it's really really great mm-hmm. um anyway so i've been playing we love katamari reroll plus royal reverie for the switch and yeah man it's still amazing it's still so good oh yeah this is as this is essentially the sequel to katamari damasi like i i don't know about you but i have a really hard time placing which one is which and like mm-hmm. where when they came out because like at the end of the day like it's kind of, it's kind of the same game yeah like it's it, you're just doing the rolling stuff and so i wasn't sure like which one this was but yeah it is it is the sequel and uh, i was reading up about a little bit about this i know i knew very little about the development of this game but uh apparently the uh creator kaita takahashi he was like this dude who was an artist originally like he wasn't a like game developer or anything like that when he pitched the first one it was very interested in doing like i I think he said specifically something that can only be done in a video game like Mm. what is an experience that you can only have in a video game and sure honestly i think that this is one of them right like absolutely i don't know how you model this in any other way the idea of like running over buildings (laughs) <laughs> with a big sticky ball this would be a terrible movie it'd be a bad movie uh it's not a good book like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing else in there a but stage production a- might be interesting maybe but still you would have to add a lot of other stuff yeah for it to be really good whereas like you can just enjoy the the tone and the mechanics of this and that's fine mm-hmm. but anyway he had said that he like really didn't want to make a sequel He's like, I, I don't want to do that at all because like I'm I'm worried about the industry's reliance on sequels as like a way mm. to develop creativity. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think it's like stifling creativity that we should just do something totally different. Yeah. Um, which like a lot of respect on that. That's yeah. that's a really cool way to look at this. I like I think that there is creativity to be had in sequels. I don't like totally think that like, you know, you're selling out if you're making a sequel or something like that. But mm-hmm. Tears Kingdom. I think that there is a an amount of creative honesty that in that statement of like mm. I don't want to like reduce the mm. the potency of my video games or my creativity or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is cool, but he eventually agreed and he's like fine, but I want to do something where that but that we couldn't have done in the first one. Like uh, some kind of story thing. And so what they ended up doing was that they a lot of the game thematically is about people's response to the first one and like the outpouring of of love for katamari damasi which is kind of we love katamari exactly yeah like the title of it alone is like yeah i I get it a lot of the levels start with like you as the prince running around earth and like a person being like i love flowers i just can't like get enough of these fucking flowers man would you roll me up a katamari with flowers on it Mm. and like the king of the cosmos is oftentimes kind of reluctant to do anything because you go up and talk to him after that and he's like yeah i don't know and then like you'll see the little text box below of like i love the flowers and he's like yeah maybe flowers okay why don't we go roll something up over here and like plops you down in the level which i kind of love it's like sort it's sort of a, a cute way of the 
creator being like, listen, I don't think that I would have done this left to Mm -hmm. my own devices. Yeah. But y'all love this game so much that I'm kind of doing this as like fan service almost. I'm doing this for you. First one was for me. This one's for you. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. I don't know that there's like, there are, there are games with fan service in them, but I don't know a lot of games that are about fan service. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which is all like, it's all kind of bizarre to play in a game like Katamari Damacy where the fan service that you're doing is maybe ruining a town and turning it into a star. Like, yeah, <laughs> destroying someone's home. <laughs> yeah. I'd love flowers, but also you might roll up my house and turn it yeah. into a, a combustion <laughs> into the into this night sky. The the undercurrents of Katamari Damasi are always so wild and like befuddling to me because it seems like a good time in the game and people are very excited about Katamari Damasi, but like it seems like there's destruction going on when when you're playing the game. Yeah. And so there's this like a, a, like every now and then you'll roll up like a person or something and they are definitely like screaming while you roll them into they the ball. They scream and they flail. <laughs> And they get covered by other things in the Katamari, and I can only imagine they suffocate and die. (laughs) They also run away if you're, like, trying to chase them. So, like, there is this, like, very chipper visual layer on the game with, like, sort of this undercurrent of, like, is this okay? What's happening here? (laughs) Don't ask questions. Yeah, which I I think is sort of, like, it's intentional, and I I think it's kind of fun. It is kind of nodding to the fact that, like, hey, it's it's a video game. It's fine. (laughs) Like, don't worry about it so much. But I, I do think it's fun to kind of have that undercurrent that the game doesn't need to explain itself of, like, And then everybody's fine or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just keeps on going with this weird uh, hypothetical or maybe non-hypothetical setup for the game. Yeah. Because like in in the first one, you do roll up the earth and all of the stars. Yeah, you roll up the continent, the uh, continents (laughs) of the earth, everything. Yeah. So like conceptually, none of this should be here Mm -hmm. in the second one, but it is. So like, who knows? I I think it's fun. I think it's a really fun conceit for just like the story to be like, I don't know, man, fuck it. Who cares? I think that's really great. So yeah, I I mostly just wanted to comment on the fact that Katamari Damacy and Wheel of Katamari are such incredible games and they're still Mm -hmm. really, really good. I find myself just like physically and emotionally relaxing whenever I play Mm -hmm. one of these levels. Sure. It is uh, a great Switch game too, because like you can just do a level in 10 minutes and that's enough. So yeah, an incredibly important series to me. Um, I feel like it, it shows off such a high level of creativity that like I aspire to do and don't know that like is even possible as a human being. Sure. But like is really cool i think it's 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 really really great and something that i i feel like is one of my like core games you know like one of the things that when i'm thinking about video games and thinking about like how much fun they can be or the creativity that can be on display i think about this game among a a bunch of others but it's definitely up there for me Mm -hmm. of just like pure fun it really is just distilled fun they didn't care about anything besides just making a fun experience (laughs) yeah and it really is that the very much mission accomplished on that one I also love Katamari. Same. Anyway, the the last game that I've been playing, David, bit of a doozy, big, big video game with this one. Uh-huh. I played the demo of Final Fantasy 16. Oh, that's that's the, the hot newness. 
That is the hot new new there. Uh, so with all the summer game stuff, there's been a bunch of like, Hey, we just dropped this or there's a demo for this coming out. And, uh, I saw that a bunch of people were like, Hey, the demo of final fantasy 16 is really, really good. Hmm. Uh, And I saw that when I was coming demo. Uh, Me too. And I, I was, I was interested in that because usually like it's some, it's really saying something to say that a demo is good. I mm-hmm. feel like there's that like, there's an art to making a good demo unto itself. Absolutely. And so I like, when I flew home yesterday, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll download that and play it tomorrow. And then I played it today. Oh my God, this video game, David, <laughs> it is so, so, so good. Yeah. Yes. So like historical wise, I think final fantasy is, is sometimes a very important game to me. Mm-hmm. I I kind of played them during the PlayStation One era, but I would be hard pressed to say I was like a big fan or something like that. Sure. Um, I know you you owned nine, and I played nine a little bit at your house every now and then. Yes. Yeah. Sure did. And so I was into that, and like had had tried over and over again to install Final Fantasy VII on my computer, my my <laughs> gateway uh, desktop. It just wouldn't do it. Like it would get halfway <laughs> through the install process and just not do it. And I was just stuck looking at these like renders of midgar being like god it would be cool to play this video game and just couldn't do it mm-hmm. i wonder what my what my gamer career would have looked like had i played final fantasy 7 at the time because i've only played Ooh. it in hindsight i mean if you had played on the computer maybe you would have just been a big pc boy the whole time i know i know who knows fork in the road although knowing how i played pokemon i probably wouldn't have got out of midgar Probably didn't think. I don't think I could have done that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I I don't feel like I really started playing these games until uh, Final Fantasy X. Uh, at which point I was like way in to Final Fantasy X. It, it it was the I I love that game. I I think it was it it struck gold for me because it was hitting at the right time of being a a good game. I think I like genuinely really think it's a great Final Fantasy game, but also the tone of it just so overwhelmingly like emo and it was doing the same kind of like kingdom hearts stuff yeah of titus just like looking on the sunset and being like what does it mean to think about life i want to write my story in the pages of my own world it does none of it means anything Nothing. but he's just sort of like saying intense stuff and i he's like that vibing. a lot he's just vibing <laughs> it playing it in hindsight he reads as like much more of like kind of an angsty teen yeah, but I'm okay with that. It's still mm-hmm. really fun, and like I think there's a lot to love in that game. I, I think that there the larger story of Final Fantasy X is really good, and like tells the you know a pretty neat story about like generational trauma and stuff like that, which is really really good. I think plus like a couple of bigger twists in that game are really great. But anyway, so I really loved that one. I went back and eventually would play uh, seven and nine and twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I played twelve on release as well, but. Seven and nine I went back to and like loved all of those. I think nine is like really just like mm, great Final Fantasy shit. Zidane. Yeah, Zidane is great. I love the kind of like high fantasy tone, the like Mm -hmm. wild stuff that's going on in there. I was recently informed that in the last boss, apparently the God, you're fighting God for some reason. (laughs) He he quotes fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate and hate leads to suffering. I'm like, dude, (laughs) that's Star Wars. What are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. Can't just take that. That's absolutely Star Wars. That's absolutely Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, still still really liked it. I think the, the final act in that game is a lot. But I, the overall, I think that the game is really, really good. Plus, Vivi is just like an incredible Final Fantasy character. He's a great one, too. Yeah. So anyway, the series as a whole is like really important to me and has like been been a part of my life for a long time. I didn't love 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm ready to be wrong about 13. 
Like huh? I haven't revisited that since I played it. And I've heard some people like really shine about it. And I also think that tastes are a little bit different. I was really upset that the game was so linear at the time. Sure. Um, but I wonder if that wouldn't be as Not an issue aggressive. Nowadays. Yeah, I don't know that I would really complain about that all that much now, but I'm willing to be wrong about 13. 15 was bizarre and like I thought it was good in points and I know people who really like it. I think the ending really hit some people, mm-hmm. but it just kind of felt like disjointed and meandering a lot of the time. Like it didn't feel the kind of urgency that I found in a lot of the other Final Fantasy games where like I needed to see what was going on in the plot because it felt like I had to. Like I got to see what's going on. I have to resolve this thread that they're currently pulling on. Yeah. I got to go hang out with Oren because he's cool as fuck, like all, all sorts of stuff. And mm-hmm. but so I was hoping that 16 would get it right, because to me, it felt like it had been kind of a long time since Final Fantasy did it right. Sure. I know that Final Fantasy 14 is like a, a really big deal for people. And I've heard really great things about that, but I just don't have room for an MMO in my life right now. Yeah. But uh, I was I was hoping that they would really nail it. And I was like a little bit off, not off put, but I was worried with the stuff that they were showing. I was like, man, this could really just be a straight down the middle story about crystals. And I don't know if I'm really into that. <laughs> um, just move to California. You have plenty of stories about crystals from people around you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I also saw that they were trying to do this like darker tone. And I was a little bit worried that they wouldn't be able to pull that off. And that it was like maybe too late. Like that that era of like almost edgy darker stuff had kind of like gone out the wayside a little bit but that's Mm. like not that hot anymore so i was worried about all that which will bring me to when i started playing this demo today uh first of all i think just on the surface mechanically it is a much more active game than the mainline final fantasy games thus far uh Mm -hmm. it plays a lot closer to like just a standard 3d action game Mm -hmm. it plays a little kingdom heartsy in in ways right i I think it is a a much more advanced version of that but i think if you put those two next to each other you could see like yeah okay there's an active combat system here yeah that's not to say it isn't an rpg it definitely is you are getting levels and gear and Mm -hmm. gill after you beat people and there's like you know an ability circle that you have to invest in and stuff like that so i think it definitely still is an rpg but the the combat is much more action focused which i don't have a problem with i I know that there are probably some people who might be disappointed about that given that final fantasy's history is rooted so much in this like turn-based combat stuff but i am more than happy for them to try something different so is it more like the final fantasy 7 remakes yes i think if you've played those this will seem pretty familiar to you gotcha i don't think it is quite as heavy as that one felt Mm. i feel like when i was playing as cloud i was like this I, i feel like i'm wielding the buster sword this thing feels heavy and big yeah. Whereas the person you're playing in this one, Clive, uh, feels much more agile and light, which I think is intentional. I think they're trying to make you feel like a swordsman who is like quick, you know. Anyway, so the game starts you uh, and and just to, to be clear about what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about what's in the demo uh, there. If you don't want that chapter markers, skip ahead a little ways and and you don't have to listen to it. But I, I'm pretty much just going to stick to what I've what I played in the demo, which is the whole thing. It's a couple hours of the game. This is the first the opening hours of the game. So uh, this isn't like skipping ahead to any any farther part of it. So buyer beware. If you don't want to hear anything, here's here's your chance to skip ahead. Mm-hmm. The game starts you out and you're in this like kind of bleak situation playing as Clive after there's like this wild fight sequence that you play through as like a phoenix and Ifrit, the the creature, the summon that you've seen uh-huh. before in other games. And uh, it very much has like a, a scene that looks like when Gandorf, Gandorf, uh, Gandalf and uh, the Balrog are falling through the what is it the lowest mount the, the lowest of Moria yeah they're Casa like Doom. falling in 
in into the mountain that's like underground yeah. you know it, it looks like that so it's sort mm. of this big this big moment but Love it pulls it. back and you're playing as clive who seems like he is being ordered around by someone there seems to be some kind of war breaking out and they're mentioning a lot of proper nouns but it it quickly seems like there are two sides fighting clive and these three other guys that you're with are on one side of it and there are they're trying to find the dominant which is like hmm. the other armies you could call them like a summoner or something but i uh-huh. think the implication is that they either summon or turn into these big titan creatures Whoa. during the battle and so they're they're trying to go find this this person on the other side and you're kind of like wandering around learning how to how to do the the game just like how to move and jump and I, it's something it's making very clear to you in that part of the game is like this guy clive he's being referred to as wyvern and like not his name mm. and he is very much like they're talking about like his kind and he mm. keeps like touching this like tattoo on his face whenever they talk about that so like, mysterious this is kind of like a brand that i have or something uh-huh. and so the the point is that he seems to be like not very well regarded societally there's a bunch of like cutscenes with the other side of the army with people meeting and trying to figure out like what to do about this war yada 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 um, that's all very good and very game of thronesy which is really great but the next thing that happens is like you you are wandering through this area and kind of in a Zeno Blade 3 way, these two like Titans show up and just start like fighting each other, which pretty much just destroys the battlefield and every soldier on it. Mm-hmm. Like they are kind of an afterthought for this this bigger fight that starts breaking out that are, again, representing either side of this conflict. You run around as Clive and uh, one of your buddies gets like crushed under a rock or something kind of unceremoniously. Mm. You pass out as Clive and it flashes back to, I think it said 13 years prior. Record scratch. <laughs> exactly. And he is training with the Lord Commander of some castle and they make it clear here he doesn't have the tattoo and he is maybe a nobleman maybe the son of the king here Mm. and that you know then you get your your battle tutorial from the lord commander and the the rest of the the next couple hours see you uh being introduced to all these characters like it appears that you are the brother of the dominant of this era or this area mm-hmm. uh, named joshua he's your brother and you have uh both royal parents mother and father it seems like your mother doesn't really like you very much no oh, like she way. she yeah she chides you it doesn't really like make a lot of uh eye contact or or talk to you very much but she's clearly like very invested in joshua it should be mentioned that both of them have kind of similar hair Mm -hmm. whereas you and your dad have kind of darker hair to to match each other and all of this is like it sometimes it is told but i think this game is doing such a better job at showing this rather than saying like as the mom like you be quiet, my my uh, one son, Clive, that I don't like very much. You're just sort of <laughs> seeing her do this, right? Yeah. Like she's kind of not paying attention. And when you're talking to your dad later, he there seems to be some kind of distance between him and your mother and yourself of him saying like, okay, well, like, let's prove your mom wrong for once, once and for all, right? Like, mm-hmm. how about you go do this mission and, and we'll, we'll show her what's what. Yeah. And so this, this story plays out of uh, essentially them saying, all right, we're kind of losing this war that we're in and we have to go do this ceremony at XYZ place, which involves Joshua. We're maybe going to like summon somebody or something to go to war and finish this fight that we, we are currently involved in. Finish the fight. Finish the hashtag, finish the fight. Anyway, I'm not going to go all the way to the end of what 
ends up happening there Mm -hmm. but i'm just so fucking invested the game is so compelling it's an interesting story it sounds like it is it really is in in a way that i find much more grounded than the other final fantasies have been for a little while Mm -hmm. and i think that when when i was hearing about people saying that this is a a game that is influenced by game of thrones i was like ah man i hope that that's not bad like Mm -hmm. i hope that that's not a bad thing but i had me a lord commander (laughs) yes exactly I think what they have taken from Game of Thrones is the effects of power structures and Mm -hmm. how that affects regular people. Sure. Which is, I think, like by far a much more interesting thing about Game of Thrones than like them killing characters off or anything like that. Yeah. I think the characters being killed off is a lot of the time a consequence of a cold system. Yeah. yeah. The system is is the thing that is much more interesting here of like, why, why is it this way? And like, yeah. it really doesn't take prisoners, you know? The system is uncaring. Yes. And yeah. like, who are the people who are holding that up and stake to benefit from it? And like, how, how does that all play out? And I think this game is doing that where you see the people who are invested in one way or another in this system working the way that it does and, and like how that is affecting Clive as a kid and his child brother joshua and shit like that like the pressures that it is putting on them the guilt that they're already saddled with as as kids the relationship between your dad and your mom as clive like how they interact with each other is all driven by sort of how this world is built and the powers that be in it and even these like you know the bigger battle that you're in in the first part it's it's made clear that like some of these guys are like i don't want to go down in there and fight yet Mm because you know they're gonna pull out the big guns here in a second and pretty much everybody's just going to be table setting essentially yeah for that fight which yeah i i just think it, it makes for a much a better or or at least more interesting story rather than just like cruelty for cruelty's sake yeah. you know it's not really grim dark in the way that it's like reveling in the violence or the, the the cruelty it's just sort of like we are looking at what something like this could do to people or or how it affects nobles or non-nobles or anything like that Mm -hmm. and i think especially in the way that it is situating clive as a person who was noble for a while and then for whatever reason it's unclear so far 13 years later he is like lowborn essentially right like he's got this brand on his face of like who Mm. he is and what that means you run into a person like that in the castle when you're younger Mm. and like everybody's like Oh, I apologize for him. Like, don't don't talk to the nobles. Like, you can't talk to them and all that sort of stuff, right? So well, it is. Uh, it it's making clear that they're like second class citizens here, which again it makes Clive's situation much more interesting. So it's good. I like. I I have not felt a a Final Fantasy story be this urgent in a while, where everything felt like it was very important, and I was compelled to go from one thing to the other. I feel like in Final Fantasy 15, it was like I was having a good time, but I wasn't necessarily that driven to figure out like what's going to happen next or how are these characters going to respond to this thing or anything like that it was kind of just like yeah it's final fantasy i'm having a good time i want to go kill some goblins and shit but Mm -hmm. this one's pulling me along a lot more in a way that just the stakes feel real the people feel real it feels like they're all responding in a way that like isn't just like weird anime shit happening like why (laughs) why is this happening more logical interactions between people yeah exactly it feels like it's pulling from a lot of different stuff like obviously all of the other final fantasies are an influence here but i think attack on titan is a big influence mm-hmm. on them okay um, i think gundam is a, a like the original mobile suit gundam is a Whoa. big influence in okay. the way that it's like showing how young people put into these positions are kind of altered and hurt by violence and uh the like responsibilities of that sure and how uncaring a lot of those like situations can be yeah which is really cool I, I think that those are two very interesting things to put together like a game of thrones kind of story along with like anime is like fuck yeah dude 
I'm way Sounds into great. that. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Sign me the fuck uh, up. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I just think it's really, really good so far. It ends in just an incredible way. Like the demo, it, it, I, it, <laughs> I have to imagine this is the case for a lot of people, but it ends and it's like, all right, well, this comes out in 10 days. Here's the option to buy it if you want to. And I was like, yeah, like you got me. I'm, I'm way, <laughs> way in. It, it showed me just enough story. It showed me just enough of kind of how the progression loop is going to go, how I'm going to be able to develop Clive. The the bosses are all incredible. I'm having such a good time fighting the different people. Also, the the music. I've got to talk about the music. It is just astounding how well they, they do it in this one. Mm-hmm. It's done by this dude uh, named Masayoshi Soken, I think is how you say it. He has been doing the music for Final Fantasy XIV for, I think, most of the time that that's been out. And I've heard a lot of great things from people saying that, you know, he's doing a great job over there. I love the soundtrack. And I hadn't really been able to like engage with that just because, you know, I don't play Final Fantasy XIV and can't do the MMO. But God, it's really true. It, like, I, A, I think that he's doing a great job of integrating the like kind of motifs that you hear in Final Fantasy music really often, specifically that like harp arpeggio that they play every now and then. Mm-hmm. That sure. thing. That, that that is weaved into the soundtrack in certain parts to kind of like you know, signify like, hey, this is a big thing that's about to happen. You know, I, I just think that's really smart to include that in part of the soundtrack rather than just like add eh, boilerplate music. We don't really care. It's like it, it, it's a part of it. Not to mention that it, it feels like it is scored much more like a movie where the there are moments that are happening that it feels like they must have been watching the game and playing or like composing oh, around sure. the moment right where it's not just the same one minute loop of of song that they've been playing for a while it is it matches uh, what's going on screen exactly right like the music swells when something big happens sure or uh when characters are talking to each other and like you know it pans up to uh like the moon was a there was a part where they were like talking about like praying to the moon clive and uh his friend jill and uh yeah the music was just really well done in that part because like there were certain actions or the way that the characters were moving or you know one of them was crying or something like that the music matched each of those moments just like so well it's just so impressive that they're able to do that in a way that makes it feel like that much more significant that much more urgent i think a good soundtrack like that is so over not not overlooked because obviously people are working hard at this but i think that that can aid a lot of of these moments and making it feel making you unconsciously know like okay something's happening or like oh that last line didn't resolve very well i wonder what's about to happen or something you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i i am i am way into it i'm not positive about this because obviously i haven't played the whole game but it sort of feels like that they are moving in a direction where there might be some commentary on like what it means to be a final fantasy game Hmm. and like the the burden of that sure they they immediately start the game with like we are all beholden to the crystals and like without the crystals blessing we we aren't able to live our life and all this stuff and like i I think that like the the crystals talk is intentional of them being maybe (laughs) suggesting like the that like it is hard to try and break out of what it means to be a final fantasy game Mm. but that like that that is a self-imposed restriction almost sure in the same in the same way that like the the ghosts in final fantasy 7 were kind of pushing towards a similar idea that this one is also kind of i i I am hoping that it eventually builds to them making the case that like this power structure is dumb and we don't need it thereby kind of implying final fantasy doesn't have to be one thing it doesn't have to be a certain thing that it can be a lot or it can be this or that or it can be your interpretation or whatever right which i think would be really cool i'm not positive about that it could i could be totally wrong they might be building to a a real story just about crystals (laughs) and that's it (laughs) 
it's just crystals it's just crystals. crystals yeah but I, I i think that 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 would be a really cool approach regardless and i'm i'm just excited to see where, what they do with it it's it's a really really interesting game so far oh yeah i'm, I'm interested. fully in yeah i i think you would like it there are a lot of names and kingdoms and lore and <sighs> references to battles and songs that people sing and you stuff had like me that. at proper nouns chase <laughs> yeah exactly I, I i think it would be right up your alley in a way that like i don't know a lot of other things do very well no i usually i'm usually not super keen on final fantasy games i always feel like there's this uh undertone of campiness to them yeah <laughs> Which, you know, not a bad thing, just not my bag, personally. Sure, um, yeah. And this sounds much more grounded, and I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how it feels. I, I think you would like it. I, I I think it does pull back a little bit on the camp, which I bet for some people would be kind of a bummer. I bet some people are kind of looking I'm for sure. the goofiness. I'm sure. But I, I don't need Final Fantasy to be the goofy thing. I think there are a lot of games that are still doing that. Like with Katamari Damacy, <laughs> there's really Katamari. only one of those games, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's just them who are making it. And so if they ever put out one where it's like, this is a serious Katamari Damacy now, it'd be like, mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> like, I don't want that actually. <laughs> But there the are king a of all of... cosmos is dead, <laughs> and you killed him. Maybe. You killed him. You gotta, you gotta roll up the evidence to make sure you don't get caught. <laughs> it's L.A. Noir two coming this the, fall. The galaxy get that gets made is like a picture of you murdering the king. You're like, fuck. <laughs> now you gotta roll up the galaxy you made, the st- the constellation you made. Turns back into itself. Great. <laughs> But I, there there are enough RPGs like this that do embrace that kind of campy style that I think like there, there's enough out there that won't go away. I think Final Fantasy is just trying something different here. Yeah. Like I said, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 definitely embraces the campy goofiness of it. Mm-hmm. And that game is great. So it's, it's not like there aren't, aren't things out there. I think Yakuza is currently doing an amazing job of, of the campiness that is going on in, in sort of RPGs yeah. right now. And so it's it's not like that doesn't exist. I think it's, it's just Final Fantasy trying something else and for for me for my money i'm i'm really i'm really into it right now oh yeah awesome it's gonna be hard to wait the 10 days until it's out mm-hmm. yeah it's coming baby it's coming it's coming but man they really they really got me all day today my brain was like "Ooh, we should play more final F- oh, fuck it's not out yet damn Can't. it <laughs> denied yeah. anyway david this will all bring me to my podtimistic thing of the week yes it was the extended beefy preview of starfield that graced my my television over over the weekend That's a lot of starfield thank you todd todd has really blessed us this day <laughs> you're excited for starfield i am this was another one that i was kind of worried about in in a similar mm. way to final fantasy 16 where it's like i i liked fallout 4 but other than that I haven't loved most of the stuff that Bethesda has put out since Skyrim. Yeah. And so like, I'm just like, man, guys, I like, I know y'all need a win on this one. Cause and it, what else did they release? Fallout 76, Fallout 76. 4. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online is the other kind of big uh, thing that they've been doing. ESO, that's right. And just another thing where it's like, I don't, I, I ain't got time for another MMO, man. Yeah, that's real. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Plus like the, I think the combat in the Elder Scrolls games is a big thing for me. And when I've tried it in in the Elder Scrolls Online, I've been like, yeah, it's combat, but it's sure. it's no it's no sword in one hand and magic in the other, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can do that in the game, but it's just like it doesn't it doesn't have the same feel to it. Yeah, doesn't hit the same. <laughs> no, and like God, just like Skyrim and Oblivion were such important games to me as well, mm-hmm. and so like I I really wanted like uh, also I'm a I'm a sci-fi freak. Sure, you sure are. <laughs> like if I could just have another good sci-fi game other than Mass Effect, don't don't come at me, gamers. I know there's more than that, but. 
still I, I i was hoping for more and i was worried that starfield wouldn't do it that it would just be kind of more of the same stuff that they've been doing but holy shit am i just like fully sold on starfield i i i'm gonna be totally fine if it's buggy at launch every mm-hmm. single bethesda game is sure i'm okay is. with that yeah but the stuff that i was worried about before i am no longer worried about it just it looks amazing the world building that they're doing is incredible um the attention to detail with like your ship your character the ability to do more RPG-ish stuff in the game is incredible. Uh, I'm I'm just, I'm so excited. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Todd. My, my my optimistic thing of the week is thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd Howard, creator of, of most of Bethesda things, in case somebody doesn't know who the fuck we're talking to right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really excited for that. This year is just stacked with games. It's unbelievable it right now. It is, it's, like I've said before, it's overwhelming. There's an overwhelming number of games I want to play this year. I'm just, I'm just soaking in it right I'm now. Feasting. I'm floating. I'm feasting. Yeah. <laughs> we, eating, we Gamers are eating good this year. Game, gamers, finally, finally gamers are eating good. <laughs> <laughs> After two years of starving, suck every last bit of marrow out of Doom Eternal I could. It's, it's kind of a, it's a wild thing to say whenever I hear that online of like, there have been no games for a while, but like, y'all, Hades came out in the pandemic. I sure did. You can't, you can't hate on that. Chicory came out very uh-huh. recently. Uh huh. Gaming. Anyway, David, do you have something feeling your sense of optimism this week? My optimistic thing of the week yeah. is when an otherwise non-scary game does something scary. <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there are there are some instances of this. Uh, most recently, I, I I mean, I guess there is like the depths are scary in in sure. Tears of the Kingdom, but yeah. Ganondorf's face really stuck with me in that one scene. It was yeah. so disturbing how he just distorted his face into something non-human, um, and yeah. really went a long way. To show like oh this man is pure yes. he is he is a terrible terrible creature not a human a creature <laughs> other times this happened uh ravenholm of course and in, in half-life ravenholm yeah those are the two that come to my mind do you have any other you think you think of any other games that were scary when they when the otherwise scary moments in an otherwise not scary game the one that jumped right out was there was that section in the most recent ratchet and clank where you were like in some kind of like metal facility and there was like essentially a xenomorph chasing you from alien that's right which was very scary in an otherwise totally very chipper video scary. game. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very chipper game. Yeah. Ooh, any of the boo levels in a Mario or yeah, just comes out of nowhere just spooky. spooky? Just spooky. Yeah. Not like terrible spooky, but like fun spooky, but still spooky. The the newer ones are very much more like, it's a boo, it's fun. But like in Mario 64, when you go into like that cursed circus level Ooh. and like boo is at the bottom of that like merry-go-round yeah. and everything is so scary yeah. down there. That one's very like haunting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Those are the ones. Those are the ones that are coming to mind. Let us know, gamers. What's what's your scary moment? <laughs> scary moment in a not otherwise scary game. Use hashtag Diablo TikTok to <laughs> uh, to tag us in the post. Did you see that 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 commercial that Megan Fox did for Diablo? Mate, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's so bizarre. It feels like they made a commercial for two thousand and four. Like Megan Fox is just like their kind of scantily clad like booth babe era clothing on, and she's just like. I love Diablo gamers. Show me your worst endgame death with hashtag Diablo deaths and you might get a eulogy from yours truly, telling the world that you went out like a hero. Do kids nowadays even know Megan Fox? I don't know. Like she's famous, but I don't know that she's like huge famous, right? She hasn't been in a lot recently. Uh, Anyway, Dave, do you want to move on to our main thing? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool.
welcome oh, to Good Games. God. <laughs> We've got a report from the Western Front. There's video games to talk about. This one suggested by listener mm. DK. Not even gonna attempt. I got no British accent in me at all. <laughs> I don't. I think that's just like the the transatlantic American accent from like mm. World War One. Mm-hmm. All I've got is like the Cockney accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all I can say is pop it because sure. of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that makes sense. Today we're covering Hogs of War, a game for the PlayStation 1. And now David and Chase will talk about that video game. Get them, boys. Yo, get them, boys. Nice. Yeah, the, all, the, all that's true. Um, can I hit you with some hot stats about this video game, David? <laughs> Please, yes. Cool. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. Uh, the segment where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear is this one. And talk about the things that we love about them is this segment. I forgot to intro it. Get them, boys. Called called good games, right? Yeah, it's good games. All right, now uh, here's here's the hot stats. <laughs> hot stats. Hot stats. So, Hogs of War was a game that came out uh, September 29th of 2000 for the PlayStation One. It was made by this game company called Infogrames Sheffield House, which a bummer of a name because before then they were named gremlin mm-hmm. graphics software why did they like, change their name why, why would you change it for gremlin graphics that's so good gg <laughs> gg software man are you kidding they really messed they, up on that one they really did and i i think that they they had a way with naming i i wrote down a lot of their games that uh-huh. they made and I, I've also got to say, I really had a, a, I was tickled by the, the Monty Mole series of video games they had. The titles of them really paint a picture. I need to read them for you. All right. The name of the games are in order, Wanted, Monty Mole, uh-huh. then Monty Mole is Innocent, huh? <laughs> then Monty on the Run, hmm? then Odd Fischerchen Monty, which is uh, something Odd in German. On Odd Winterchen Monty. Hmm. Uh, Moly Christmas, and finally Impossible. Really great names, which and they they just keep getting better. The next one is Potty Pigeon, then Grumpy Gumfrey Super Sleuth, which is like so amazing. These are all just such good. These video are different game than Monty Mole. <laughs> no, these are not Monty Mole. Different okay. different characters now. That they're these are all very video game podiumism characters, specifically Grumpy Gumfrey. Grumpy Gumfrey, yeah, super, super so good. Sloop. Is that he's his counterpart in Japan, Detective Pikachu? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this is our version, and Phoenix Wright as well. <laughs> we need the detective, uh, detective uh, game averse, and Gumfrey's the head of it. Gumfrey's, Gumfrey's, Gumfrey's the, the face. Uh, they've also got Thing on a Spring, Jack the Nipper, uh, oh. like he nips. Oh. I don't, I don't know what his deal is. The The marketing promotion around this game is amazing. I have to send you some pics. And of course, Zool, Ninja of the Nth Dimension. The Nth Dimension. I love these, these video game wow. names. These are all so good. They had like one person who was just cranking at full, full force with naming things. There was, yeah, there was one, there was one person there who was just a savant at this, truly gifted they just come out of the room screaming grumpy gumfrey <laughs> just wake up wake up from a fever dream that just start yelling things and then people just write down whatever they say that's our next five games right there is it grumpy franklin no grump grumpy joseph no what is it <laughs> irate john <laughs> there's got to be something in here 
<laughs> so I typically have a review from Joe Video. I don't this time oh. of this game because I took a, the, the review of Joe Video and what I typically do is run it through Google Translate from one language into another of, uh, to mangle it re- really great. But I, I swear I got like a Rosetta Stone paragraph from Joe Video this time. Like it, it translated exactly the same way into every language. Oh no, AI um, is destroying our, our segment, Chase. <laughs> Fear not, Games Cult is the one that I, I pulled from this week, which uh, was was pretty good. It ended up being great. I think Joe Video might have just accidentally written, like, like I said, the actual Rosetta Stone. <laughs> Anyway, so let me read you what Games Cult had to say. Mm-hmm. War Pig, War Pig is a direct sequel to Worms in 3D. The good game slash documentary from Dad is detailed about the war and entertainment. Even when the last strategy, advertising, is revealed. But 20 jobs is so long. Since then, the pig problem has increased. The elderly have become less demanding and less prepared. The years are shorter and shorter especially unnecessary. And that one got a 10 out of 20. What happened at the end there? I know, what happened? <laughs> they were the really elderly not are talking. less prepared. They, they really were not talking about a video game there at the end. No. I don't know what was happening. They got in their soapbox about something. Yeah, somebody had some opinions they wanted everyone to hear. <laughs> the elderly are not prepared for war. <laughs> Could you tell me what Hogs of War is, David? Hogs of War is a 3D action strategy game. Yeah. Where you take on a troop of of war pigs. Yes. Anthropo- pigs anthropomorphized war. pig soldiers, I guess is what yeah. you call it. They have guns, they have bazookas, they have knives, they have grenades. They have all the accoutrements of war. And so the way the game works is that you have a large level that you and your enemies both share. Uh, and then mm-hmm. you have, usually what was like 100, 100 seconds, something like that, a certain amount yeah, of time so. to move yeah. around each of your characters. And you can move them freely around the level. You can jump, uh, you can get up on top of, you know, hills. You can go across water but it takes away some of your health if you do that so you're free to yeah. traverse around the level so long as you have enough time mm-hmm. and then you can position yourself to shoot people or to you know strategically like flank people anything like that um, and then it switches between you know each uh each character's different hogs each turn so it goes you and then the other and then the the computer and then you again with a different hog and you go down the list of of your hogs that are battling yep. right now you can, when you win you can upgrade different hogs to have different specialties so there's like the heavy the heavy uh weapons hog there's the the sniper hog there's the medic hog all sorts of different ways to customize your your little piggies of of death and that's that's the gist of the game i think and i guess the the aiming is the is the other part of the game that's kind of interesting is that uh, each weapon does aim a little differently so you have to look down sights for rifles you have to kind of aim and and pray for bazookas and grenades yeah uh, worms-esque in in worms 3d-esque in many ways yeah yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I think you got it. What did you think of this game, David? I enjoyed this game. This game I was, also enjoyed this game it. was fun. It was pretty fucking fun. I was into this one. I had no idea what anyone was ever saying. I don't know if you could actually understand no, what people were so saying. Rarely, I could so not rarely. understand a single damn word. I was listening to the the opening intro and I thought it was in another language. I was like, "What is <laughs> happening right now?" And why is it that the the hardest language for me to understand in this one is, or the hardest accent I should say for me to understand, is the British one amongst all the I other. Know. Very offensive accents that they have in this game. <laughs> I only played as the British ones and then turned off the voice acting 
Like there's a, mm. there's a checkbox in the menu. That's like, sure. you don't have to listen to them chime in before they attack. So I turned that off that's almost smart. immediately. I, I didn't partake <laughs> they, in the, the more rough parts of the voice acting. They always just yell some sort of deranged maniacal thing and then shoot. <laughs> yeah. And then the other countries yell some sort of vaguely racist thing. Yeah. It's like some of them were like English. And then like, I think some of them were like French and German. So it's like, yeah. Okay. Like I, I don't care if it's like making fun of French accents or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it did seem the like the Chinese it was, one was painful. Yeah, I sort of suspect we're looking at like Gex level sort of insensitivity with the the yeah the accents there. My next statement was that it feels like the people who did the voice acting for this game also were the people hired for the voice acting for Gex. Yeah, same like yeah. director or troupe or what have you, but it was sure. that same kind of un unhinged. I don't know, a uh, boomer humor trying to be edgy yes. sort of sort of deal like gex mm-hmm. was so it was it was hit or hit or miss mostly yeah. miss, uh, as far as that is concerned if you're gonna play this one just turn the voices off they explicitly give you an option to do that yeah but the gameplay itself great yes the the gameplay was great i i, I agree with you that like i think so like first off i was a big i was a big worms head oh. i was really into worms as okay. a kid. played i think it was world worms world domination or something like that that, which it it was one of the later ones that was still in 2d for the pc because it was like one of the i definitely wasn't running final fantasy 7 but i could run worms pretty well world party that could have been it yeah uh but it was an online game like when i was really unable to play a lot of online games Mm. and yeah i I thought it was like really fun and really interesting i was in i was in a clan of ropers was the uh oh, that's right yeah you it was like I, there was like the 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 item the rope uh worms and so people would make these levels where they are specifically like you could only use ropes and like dynamite so you had to like rope yourself over to someone drop a little bit of dynamite and then put yourself in a position where you would be like maybe safe or hard to get to or something like that mm-hmm. amazing game type i loved that so much um and so niche but uh yeah so i was like excited about this i didn't know that it was going to be this kind of game Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's pretty fun. I'm like pretty into this style of game where you kind of just like go back and forth and trade blows a little bit. Yeah. You know, a more modern game it reminds me of, and I didn't expect to have this feeling at all was oh, you love these games. Um, Is it Val- Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles? Chronicles. That's yes, it. I thought the same thing. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Valkyria Chronicles, just yes. less tanks, which I, I was really into. I, I, I like Valkyria Chronicles. I have never finished a single one, but I love, I love the gameplay yeah. and the the conceit of those games and it reminded me of a, of a little, of a little baby version of, of that. And it was mm-hmm. very surprising because I did not expect to really have to take so much time to aim and take so much consideration to how I positioned myself and like yeah. the arc of my of my bazookas and my and my grenades mm-hmm. and definitely the training mission. I didn't know which way to put the or to change the arc of my grenade, so I threw it like directly oh straight up and blew myself yes. to hell, uh, which was pretty amazing. I loved that. I threw mine directly at my feet. <laughs> on yeah, that one. Exactly. Mine went straight up and straight back down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot more strategy in this game than I was thinking there was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not like the most complicated game ever, but you do have to no. be you do have to consider what you're doing and where you're going and how you are positioning your little piggies yeah. throughout each turn. Yeah, I I like that positioning is such an important thing to it because I feel like the more you learn about like what weapons might be coming your way, the more that like putting yourself in a good spot 
is a really important thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not chess, obviously, but no. I do like the idea that you kind of have to consider, all right, what's their next move going to be? Yeah. Like I can't just run up to them and shoot them. That's kind of put, putting me in a bad position. So mm-hmm. how can I be defensive and like not put all three of my piggies right in the one same spot so they all get blown up by a grenade or something? Yeah. So yeah, it I it had me thinking more than I sort of expect for a game of this era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which was cool. And I did like that, especially with the bazooka, it was mm-hmm. so much of a just kind of pray sort of situation (laughs) am i doing this the right way you can kind of get a feel for it but it was always a surprise whether or not it worked and when things fail even even when things fail it's still fun and funny yeah to see how badly you 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 botched something (laughs) because then it's like oh it's gonna it's coming back to me it's gonna hit my guy and he just flies Mm -hmm. in the air and it's just it it has a lot of mayhem in it yeah which is enjoyable even when it doesn't go your way yeah there's humor to the mistakes which is pretty neat yeah i i was playing through the campaign of this game which i was like kind of surprised that there was one yeah essentially the way that the campaign works is that you just like go from one level to the next fighting like different armies of pigs and stuff but all the levels are like pretty varied to the point where like not they're not exactly the same from one to the other so you kind of do have to be like all right where where am i in this one mm-hmm. a lot of the time that involves you having to make kind of the decision of all right i've got a hundred seconds on on this turn am i gonna be able to make it to get close enough to this other person yeah that i can actually do damage or do i try and like save my time and just hit them from here or anything like that mm-hmm. which is really cool but anyway the one of the cool parts about the campaign is that a you can rename all of your soldiers yeah. which i prompt i promptly did yep it was uh, just a various podtimism references it both had david and chase as pig soldiers mm-hmm. um but obviously chet and chavid were among them of course uh, trucky made an appearance <laughs> Uh, snake, just solid snake. Why not? Why not? This I I love being able to name them all because it it made their their inevitable deaths hit a little harder than I was expecting. <laughs> Trucky, no. <laughs> yeah, there is permadeath in the uh, the campaign too. Yeah. So yeah, uh, if you die three times, then that's it, mm, which is permadeath. a bit of a, a challenge because the game also after you beat one of those levels allows you to upgrade any of those units that you have, mm-hmm. and so you can turn them into like kind of more specialized classes, right? Of like a heavy armor or exactly. uh, an engineer or a healer or something like that. The permadeath and the the upgrade system. <laughs> this is the strangest comparison. It reminded me of XCOM. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I did not totally. expect it, to be reminded yeah. of XCOM when I played Hogs of War. That's for sure. <laughs> because it gives you that same that same feeling like, oh man, I've really put a lot of time and effort yeah. into making this pig really powerful and good. <laughs> and like, if if I lose this person, if I lose you, I think it was Colonel Chambers that, or Lieutenant Chambers that I had. Kelly Chambers. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't Kelly Chambers, but it was, it was, it was, it was Lieutenant Chambers. She was a sniper yeah. in XCOM. I'm like, man, if she goes, I'm going to be so sad because she'd been with me yeah. since the beginning. She like survived amongst all of her other rookies. I'm like, man, this yeah. pig is giving me the same vibes. <laughs> this is a veteran pig right now. It's, it's amazing. I think that that's really cool it has this kind of like emergent quality to it where yeah. they at no point planned for this specific pig to be uh so that, significant to me <laughs> so significant but at the same time like it, it forces you to play differently right uh-huh. of like if you're looking at who you're choosing to play as in in the um the levels it's like fuck i don't know if i can put this person in that much mm-hmm. danger to go over there because like they're my best healer or saving something. private shaved gotta get him out <laughs> save shaved <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's. It, I think that that's that's a really cool thing that they uh, allow for those systems to happen. I, I like. I just think permadeath is a pretty interesting mechanic overall for like 
most games that include it, mm-hmm. I'm usually like, that's pretty good. That's yeah. actually a pretty fun thing to include there. If if a game can strike the balance between like meaningful failure and not being like overly punitive, I think that like permadeath can be really good. Like I I, I just never allow anyone to die in yeah. Fire Emblem. That's not a thing that happens, but I like that permadeath is there. I mm-hmm. like that like sort of threat, but- Well, it changes how ex- you play, right? Exactly, yeah. Like you, you can't just like throw your units on, mm-hmm. at the people. You have to invest a lot more into healing and defense. Just being careful, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas in like something like XCOM, it's kind of expected that you're going to lose people in there at some point. Yeah. And so how does, how does that change how you play? Or how do you change how you play after you do lose someone in a level, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a little bit more panic in the way that you're you're playing the game, which is that's just so cool. That's so amazing. That like isn't programmed into the game. I'd ask TK what uh what made him want to talk about this game and like mm-hmm. what his opinion of it was. He had said that this was one of the only PS1 games I had with, uh, experience with before I got a PS2. I never owned a PS1, but I had a friend who was obsessed with this game. Like Worms, Hogs of War has a really great set of combat systems for cascading success and failure. Mm. Uh, it sometimes feels like a Worms clone, but I feel like it rises above the comparison, especially since the 3D entries in the Worms series just aren't as good, and I kind of agree with that. Uh, he said multiplayer is really good, too. He also said every time I see the, the Infograms logo, I hear the pig squeal of the boot sequence in the Hogs of War, mm. which I think is also incredible. Yeah, I... I also think that this is like, I, I get the comparison to Worms, like, yeah. right? Like, I, I understand why you would see those two and be like, yeah, these seem kind of similar. But I, yeah, I also think that it's doing enough that it's like not exactly the same thing. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely heavily inspired by Worms. Sure. Yeah. Clearly. But, you know, as someone, I, you know, full disclosure, I haven't played too many of those 3D Worms games. I have played yeah. quite a few of the of the 2D Worms games, but not so much the 3D ones. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels, like a, it feels like a fun riff. And I do feel like maybe they, they tried to lean into the, the pig stuff a lot more because they were trying to be like hey we're not worms we're pigs it's not worms you guys <laughs> another another pink creature so yeah i mean say what you will about that but i still think yeah. it's it's fun it's still its own thing it's still good mm-hmm. yeah i'm with you yeah i i never feel like the worms really made the transition to 3d that well mm-hmm. i have I, I have not played every every worms game maybe worms wmd is is the one to to get or worms rumble mm-hmm. who knows I think I had played, you know, like Worms 3, I think was the the one where they made the transition or mm. Worms 3D, something like that. But I didn't, I didn't feel like they really crushed that transition. So sure. I, I think there is room for a different company to mm. do that. You know, I, I was reading the wiki and they, I mean, they clearly in development were like, we just, we want to make a Worms game. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And it was. So like, I don't, I don't blame them for that, for that at all. Worms should just make, or no, someone else should make a worm style game, but it's Wyrms. Wyrms. Like dragons. Yeah. Wyrms. Wyrms. Same game, um, but just with big dragons instead of little worms. Yeah, sure. This game was fun. I like played it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Same. I didn't think it was going to suck me in quite as much, but the levels were very snackable. They yes. weren't long. Yeah. Uh, they never overstayed the welcome. Yeah. And it was, it was always just fun to go in and uh, you always had a new unit to kind of play around with because mm-hmm. pretty much every single time you you play you get to upgrade somebody to some different type of class and you get to 
use those powers, those weapons at that point, which is, yeah, always a good time. Always love a good upgrade, class upgrade. Yeah, right. totally. I think it was fun too, because I, I really, I, I'm with you that I was, I kept wanting to be like, all right, well, like what's the next level going to look like? Mm-hmm. Or what's sort of the gimmick of the next area that they're going to do? Or how can I like do this level a little bit better than the last time I did it? Sure. Because there's situations where like, yeah, you can probably just like shoot and that'll finish the f- hashtag finish the fight. <laughs> But like, um, it's really amazing when you can like throw a grenade that is positioned well enough to like knock somebody into the water or something like that. Yeah. Cause the pigs cannot swim. So if you knock them into the water that they like They're quickly will quick. lose a lot yeah. of life. Yeah. Especially if you can like, again, it's, it's, it's a lot about like how you want to play this as a player. Like you can try and maybe like knock certain people into the same area and mm-hmm. then toss them into the water or like get them close so you can hit a grenade with uh hit two people with a single grenade stuff like that which is that's really fun i think that that's like it it relies on creativity in a way that you know like mario games do or tears the kingdom sure yeah it wants it wants you to play around and it wants you to experiment and see what kind of crazy thing you can do with with the game engine yeah yeah it wants you to it wants you to experiment it's like college baby (laughs) hogs of war is like going to university Wants you to experiment and find yourself. Mm-hmm. Find yourself this summer in Hog of War. <laughs> I'm 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 sold. I want to say more about this game, but I don't know that I have anything else to say about it. Yeah, same. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty simple game. The 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 thin layer of pizzazz, the the, the thin layer of uniqueness they try to put on this game mm-hmm. of the pigs and the and the voice acting was not what stuck with me. <laughs> no so yeah. I, I, it's basically just the mechanics that i'm looking at with this one yeah and they're fun it's they it's, it's fun. a pretty tried and true formula i wish i wish they would make a little bit more of this i wish they had also like included a versus mode in valkyria chronicles yeah some online multiplayer with valkyria chronicles yeah i wouldn't have seen you for months or you might have seen me on the battlefield i might have seen you on the battlefield is it possible for true love to bloom on the hog of hogs of war battlefield <laughs> Find out this summer. Find out this summer. I mean, it's true that I can let my love go to the side to beat you in the battlefield, Chase. Oh, okay. I can I can deny my love yeah. for cold-blooded victory. It sounds like a solid snake to me. <laughs> not not an ocelot. Is that a solid or, snake or is that a solidus snake? I mean, yeah, I guess so, because Solid Snake wasn't in love with uh, Sniper Wolf. It was Otacon. That, that was, was Otacon, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not like Snake was really in love. Although he was in love with Meryl, maybe. Maybe. But he didn't have to fight her, so no. that was not that big of a deal. He just looked at so maybe, Booba. Maybe True Love can bloom on the battlefield, David. Hideo? Hideo. We've, we've cracked the case. <laughs> need more need more strand type games hideo's been tweeting a lot about metal gear solid 4 recently mm. it's not building to anything i think he's just like talking about the way he made the game that's just fascinating every day i wake up i'm like what are you talking about today dude what weird shit do you have to reference of like well we wanted the very first thing that ocelot did mirror the very last thing he did mm. so here's the pose that i put him in in, in, the, in the last game and in the first one he's thinking my man is thinking <laughs> big brain big brain big activated brain. God, I love uh hey do you have anything else to say about hogs of war david no it's fun i'd like to th- i'd like to try the multiplayer me too there'd be let's a lot play. of shit talking let's game let's capital g capital g capital g game <laughs> i'm a capital g gamer <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's what g sounds like in game g- g- yeah you're right capital the g-, g gamer the g stands for gamer <laughs> 
Oh my god. Just gonna get you a big shirt that just has a, a G on it with like Donkey Kong's face in the background. Yeah, man. I wear that. I'm stretching this bit out until it has nothing left. Until maybe it's not funny anymore. If you want to talk to us on the internet, you can do that at podtimism.com. We got links to our socials and our email and all sorts of shit on there. You can also check to see if we've played a game before or if you want to suggest a game like uh, people have been doing. Thank you for people who have suggested games. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Then you can do that on the website as well. So uh, feel free. It's out there. You can do that. If you want to help out the show, there's a couple things you can do. Uh, the most notable of which is, or not the most notable, but one of them is just like sharing it with a friend uh, or reviewing it on a site, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps It helps the algorithm to just like show more people, but obviously showing it to a person is more effective. So uh, yeah, much appreciated if you're, if you're doing that. Thank you. Let's see. Thank you to Scout Wilkinson for the use of her artwork. Yes. Yeah. She did a great job with her it's cover. Beautiful. It's beautiful. She's doing a great, great work out there. If you want to check out her stuff, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash humblegoat. She's got a couple of commission slots open if you're interested in, in her work. She does great work. Really love all the stuff that she makes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you should pay her to make you art. I love that stuff. And you should do it too. Finally, thank you, listener, for listening to this podcast. Um, we appreciate you being here. Yeah, it's fun. It's summer. It feels like summer, and I'm just thankful for everybody who's hanging out. <sighs> I'm jealous. It's still been just overcast here in Santa Barbara. Let let the uh, let the the feeling of summer wash over you, David, with the appreciation of our people, the the Star people listening to this podcast, reaching your heart. Yeah, shining shining rays, shining into rays your soul. of the sun into me. Uh, so thank you listeners we very much appreciate you david do you have any gaming wisdom for us this week war never changes chase (laughs) war never changes yeah even if it's pigs still the same still the same still the same stink (laughs) stinks like piggies in here (laughs) stinks like piggies in here i think that said war never changes yeah man hogs never change hogs never die Unless they die three times and they're dead. Then that's permadeath. And that's permadeath. I wish so badly that they had a Metal Gear in Hogs of War. Just like <laughs> like a whole like a whole ass Metal Gear Rex or like one of those like <laughs> mooing Metal Gears from Metal Gear 4. Like which Metal Gear are you talking about? Yeah, like I'm thinking Rex. Like it, the turn order is going around and it's mostly pigs. And then there's just a whole ass <laughs> nuclear uses armed fucking rail gun Rex. to just destroy like five <laughs> yeah. pigs in a row. Love it. It's just absolutely overpowered. He just goes into the into the lake and just nukes the whole battlefield. Just fuck everyone. The English pigs have discovered a new new form of weaponry. I want the well. What's the name of the of the big in Metal Gear Solid Two? Mm-hmm. How the whole entire ship is a Metal Gear? What's that one? Is that Metal Gear Rex or the, no? That that the Metal Gear Rex is the actual like little amphibian looking guy, isn't it? Or is he the one from the first one? Metal Gear Ray is the <laughs> one from the second one. Metal Gear Rex is the one from from MGS One. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Arsenal gear is what you're looking for. Arsenal gear. I want a whole ass arsenal gear. Um, You're going to need Solidus Hog for that one. I need to house the Patriots in Hogs of War. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who's funding this? I need GW in in Hogs of War. I'm pretty sure the Lale Lule Lo has something to say in here. (laughs) I'm not going to kill (laughs) these pigs. I'm just going to confuse the hell out of them. (laughs) Have I got some backstory for you, pigs? (laughs) You thought you were in a war in a cheery... 1940s britain with <laughs> with pigs instead of people but actually it was me revolver ocelot the whole time shashaska is the name Shalashaska. Of <laughs> that's my russian name <laughs> all right see, see you next week everybody see ya bye